you are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, team, 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 team. Hello, Dodger fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This is the daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue. I am Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential, along with Vince Semperio of Chavez Ravine Fiends. Vince, how are you? Jeff, I'm doing well. We're closing out another week, and now we can say we're another week closer to baseball, so that's exciting. Yeah, I mean, spring training part two starts next week. We'll, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's exciting. Hopefully it stays exciting. Um, today we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, Zoom call that Friedman and Roberts had, uh, answered some questions about the upcoming season, or, you know, more often giving some non-answers, but there was some interesting stuff. So we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to finish up yesterday's mailbag episode. We have four or five more questions from you listeners that we will cover. So that's the plan for today. But first we want to remind you, please subscribe to Locked on Dodgers, wherever you get your podcasts. And when you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Dodgers. So yeah, there was the, the call today. You were on it. Um, you know, for for the media, um, questions asked from different people and, you know, nothing earth shattering, but there was definitely some little tidbits uh, that came out of this that I think we know a little bit more than we did. Uh, anything jump out at you, Vince, as you were listening? First and foremost, the big one is that Andrew Friedman did say that members of the organization have tested positive for COVID-19 that none had problematic symptoms, but, you know, didn't get into any details. If it was player, coach, staff, uh, front office, or whatever. Uh, so, you know, obviously that's a, I guess not alarming. I guess we can kind of expect it at this point, but uh, now it's kind of confirmed. Other than that, I mean, first formal workout is July 3rd. They're going to be at Dodger Stadium and at USC, and then they'll eventually move it to Rancho. Um you know, other than that, not too much. Uh, like I said, no, nothing earth-shattering. Health-wise, they're all good to go. The only real question mark, I guess, would be Jimmy Nelson. And they said they'll find out more now that he's in Los Angeles. Um, waiting on word from MLB for the All-Star game. Although you would imagine that it's not going to happen in the same capacity or even at all. Um, yeah, other than that, I think that's pretty much it. You know, a lot of positive things from Roberts as usual um you know Friedman said of the 60 player pool he doesn't expect he doesn't think to have 60 people in the organization that can step in and help him win a game this year so he doesn't anticipate them bringing 60 right away um but yeah other than that you know nothing nothing too crazy but uh you know good to be back on media calls and asking questions and about baseball yeah for sure uh, a couple things that jumped out at me, you know, Roberts did clarify it was something that we had kind of assumed, but he clarified that the uh, the dumb extra inning rule will not be the case in the postseason. That's just a regular season thing, uh, which it, which is good. Um, so 
we we still have a chance for an 18 inning World Series game, and as long as it ends with the Dodgers victory, I'm okay with that. Um, the one of the things you know, talking about the 60 man roster, a question that I had, and I don't know if they addressed this at all or not. Uh, I, I kind of wished I had been on the call to, to ask it, but I didn't even think of it till after it was done anyway. Um, so, you know, they talked about guys opting out and nobody has has talked to the Dodgers about opting out, but they did. I think Friedman did say that some guys have expressed some concerns. Uh, I don't remember exactly how it was worded, but uh, so it seems like there might be a guy or two who are thinking about opting out. And definitely throughout the majors, there's going to be people who opt out and, uh, you know, Presuming those guys are are forty man roster guys, uh, you you would assume that teams could replace those guys on the forty man roster, whether they're just putting them on the the temporarily you know restricted list or whatever the you know make up a new list, the opted out list, so they're not taking up a forty man roster spot. But then you know that person will be coming back, and, and so then do you have to then DFA whoever you put on the forty man to to replace him, to get him off the 40 man roster or I, and, and I was thinking like with the taxi squad too, um, you know, th- those 20 guys who aren't on the 40 man roster, but are on the taxi squad, if they get, if they're needed, do they have to get added to the 40 man roster or are they going to let, let guys play on the active roster without actually being on the 40 man roster? Was there any talk about any of that stuff? Um, no talk on that, but I will say, from what I can assume, and the way Friedman worded things about the 60-player pool, is that they have to submit a list of those players and, and get them in. or They don't have to bring them in, I guess, necessarily, but they do have to submit a list. So from what I would you know, assume is that there is no like 40-man roster stuff. It's the 60-player pool. Uh, the specific taxi squad is three players that can travel with the team uh, for a waste series. So I think they're just playing from a bigger pool this year because uh, if you're not on the active roster, you're not really getting paid, uh, you know, other than your minor league salary if you're a minor leaguer or whatnot. So that's that's all I can really say on that. But, yeah, there wasn't anything specifically asked about that. Huh. Yeah, I'm interested to see more information that comes out about that. This will be weird because this is stuff that, you know, Andrew Friedman hasn't dealt with before either. And so he probably has some of these same questions that he's trying to get answered. Um, yeah. Roberts was also, as he always is on Thursdays, he was on off air with Joe and Oral. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to it, but that was a really good episode. It was, they just focused on, they didn't have another guest. It was mostly just them talking to, to Roberts and uh, a good episode. And they were all excited about baseball being back. And, and Roberts said that nobody has approached him about opting out. Uh, like we talked about, you know, again, what he had said in the in the previous article or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I still have a hard time seeing some of these guys like A.J. Pollock. It it would be that would be a really hard decision, I think. They did say that they were going to you know start reaching out to guys per, like one on one with everyone. They're going to have a big Zoom call in the next few days. And then uh, in that process, probably talking to guys one on one. Another note on Roberts is you know, as a former as a cancer survivor, uh, he said he did talk to his doctors and that they're not, he's not at any more risk than anyone else, uh, just based on the fact that he, he's a cancer survivor, so that he was, you know, completely fine moving forward and, and managing this season. Yeah, and that, that was good to hear. Um, he's, you know, he's still relatively young. Uh, he's only a few years older than I am. 
And so he's not age-wise in the high-risk category, but it's good to know that his previous health problems don't put him at higher risk, hopefully. Um, yeah, and, and honestly, it wasn't surprising to hear that some of the members of the organization have tested positive. Just with how many people around the country have tested positive, it would be more surprising if any team hadn't had any positive tests. And I think it's a good thing they're not naming names, if for no other reason that they're probably legally not allowed to for HIPAA rules. Um, but, you know, that's there's a reason those rules exist. People's medical information is uh, it's their own private thing. All right. Uh, we'll be back in a minute to take your questions about uh, kind of a range of different things. But first, let's talk about Postmates. If you need something, whether it's from a restaurant or a grocery store or 7-Eleven, wherever you need it from, Postmates will get it for you. All you got to do is download the Postmates app, use promo code Locked On, and they'll give you hundred dollars in delivery credit for your first seven days. Uh, you know, anything you need, like really anything. If, uh, I talked about my, uh, gas station burritos last time, I got a little pushback on that. People suggested that maybe I'm not the healthiest eater. You know, you wouldn't know by looking at me, but that might be true. Uh, but you know what, if you need some kale from the grocery store, Postmates will get it for you. You need a, uh, some fruits and veggies. You need some, what's other healthy foods, Vince? I just listed all the healthy foods I know. Uh, I think you got it covered under fruits and veggies. Fruits and veggies. All right. Yeah. Uh, Postmates will get those for you. And uh, maybe have them drop some off at my house too, okay? So that's the Postmates app. Promo code locked on. $100 delivery credit in your first seven days. And keep it locked on Dodgers. All right. It's time for our obscure former Dodger. Um, la- the Earlier this week, I guess, Monday's episode, we talked about fathers and sons. And I talked about Bob Kennedy and his son, Terry Kennedy. Um Terry Kennedy is a guy who played when I was growing up. Bob Kennedy is a guy I had only really heard of mostly because he was Terry Kennedy's dad. And I remembered my dad's uh, baseball cards of him, but also because, you know, Bob Kennedy, Robert F. Kennedy, the brother of John F. Kennedy, who was also assassinated, you know, Bob Kennedy, it's kind of a famous name. Well, in 1965 and 66, the Dodgers also had a guy named John Kennedy. Uh, Not that John Kennedy, John Edward Kennedy from Peabody no died in Peabody Massachusetts he was from Chicago um so yeah he's my obscure former Dodger he played two years with the Dodgers 12 years overall in his career uh nothing really spectacular he had an OPS plus for his career of 70 he had exactly one season in which he was even league average offensively that was 1971 with the Red Sox he had a OPS plus of exactly 100 um and he was also not very good defensively um and so, yeah, in his 12-year career, he had a, combi- a total war of negative 2.9. So it's kind of an accomplishment to play for 12 seasons and yet have a negative war for your career. He had negative wars in more than half of his seasons. So uh, he must have been uh, really good in the clubhouse or something. His nickname was Super Sub. Um, he did play not a ton of positions, but he played all over the infield. I'm um, just looking. It doesn't look like he ever played anything other than the infield, uh, but he played all over the infield and uh, not much to say about him. He was, he came to the Dodgers in the same trade that got them Claude Osteen in 1964. Um, and then he was traded by the Dodgers to the Yankees in 1967. I was just thinking about the 1966 Dodgers because that was Sandy Koufax's last year. And uh, so that year is meaningful to me. And John Kennedy is your super obscure former Dodger. You have a lot of John Kennedy thoughts, I assume, right, Vince? Yeah, it would take a whole episode to get them all in, so I'll just save it. 
ask not what super sub can do for you. <laughs> ask what you can do for super sub. Um, all right, let's jump into our mailbag. Uh, we, we did several of the questions yesterday, uh, but we have several more here. So, uh, first one, let, let's just jump right into this. Rob C at ROC 51 on Twitter says, can we take a deeper look at the taxi squad and will any of this year's draft class be added? So once again, real quick, taxi squad will be three players. One has to be a catcher that can travel with the team. The entire group of 60 players, up to 60 players, is the player pool. Um, you know, like I said, Friedman said that he doesn't think they're they're going to bring in 60 guys, at least not right away for sure. He doesn't believe there's 60 guys in the organization that can step in and help. I don't see anyone from this year's draft class being added. I don't even see, you know, many prospects other than maybe McKinstry and Josiah Gray and Mitchell White, maybe some of those guys who got invites to, to spring training uh, might get the invite back for this. But I think the Dodgers are going to keep it relatively, you know, have the guys ready because they need to in case uh, something happens health-wise. But I don't think they're going to expand too far from what they already had with their... I mean, they basically already have a, a kind of a 35-man roster that we can name off the top of our head. And that's kind of what I would imagine they're going to go with. Nothing really extra or special. Yeah. Um, McKinstry's on the 40-man, isn't he? I believe so. Yeah. So, yeah, you've got, you know, the these guys, most of the names that you've heard and you would be thinking of are on the 40-man roster. You know, Mitchell White, Cabert Ruiz, DJ Peters, Zach McKinstry, those guys. Um, you know, obviously the, the bell of spring training part one was uh, Cody Thomas. And, you know, so he's a guy who you would expect would probably be in that pool of 20 players. Uh, a lot of teams, though, do seem to be putting guys who are just top prospects just because they want them to be able to get regular work. And so you could see a guy like Diego Cartaya, who is nowhere near the big leagues, but he might be on the in that pool of 20 people just so that he can be working out with the team and uh, and getting some reps in. Um, they do have to have that list submitted by Sunday. And uh, as of right now, you know, when we talked with with future Dodgers last week about the draft, I asked him if one player from this year's draft was going to make an impact on this year's team, who would it be? And he said Clayton Beater. Uh, well, Clayton Beater hasn't even signed with the team yet. And so uh, if he has any chance of being even in that pool of 20 people, he needs to be signed before Sunday so they can put his name on that list. And so that's coming right up and, and maybe not likely to happen. Um but yeah, you know, I do think we will, I expect that they will have 60 people, that they'll have that full 20 people, um, and that it will be a lot of guys who don't have even a snowball's chance of actually being in the big leagues this year, but they just want them to be getting workout time and, you know, and progressing in their development. Yeah, the one spot that will be interesting is catcher. I saw Jose Lobatone's name as one of the guys the Dodgers released, which basically leaves Caber and Rocky Gale as the only two other catchers that would have a chance to play in the major leagues right now on like this on the roster and non-roster invitees. So I mean, I wonder if Caber will be that third guy that on the taxi squad that that catcher that has to be on it. So that'd be interesting to see. Yeah, and I would guess more likely that that Rocky Gale would be. Um, just I, I would expect them to want Kaber to actually be doing development work rather than taxi squad stuff. 
Um, but also, Russell Martin's still a free agent, you know? And uh, I could see them bringing him back, and, and I would not be opposed at all to that. Uh, so, yeah, there there's a lot to know. And by the time we talk next time, we will know more, I assume. I don't know how quickly after they have to submit those names to the league, you know, we will find out about them, but I assume it won't be too long. You know, this weekend, probably everything's getting finalized. He said that they'll submit a list on Sunday, I believe, the initial list of who's going to be in camp. Um, okay, next question from Michael at Mikey Coop one He asked, what do we think the rotation looks like now and the bullpen? He adds that he believes Gratterall might be unleashed with such a, a short schedule. We touched a little on it yesterday, but uh, we can kind of solidify that a little more right now. Yeah, you know, I, I think <laughs> Roberts is probably going to basically make the easy decisions. And, and so your rotation is going to be Kershaw, Bueller, Price, Wood, and and Julio, probably. Does that sound right? I'm not forgetting anybody, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and so that leaves Stripling and May and Gonsolin as the main odd men out. You know, Caleb Ferguson probably still thinks of himself as a starter, so maybe he's the odd man out too. Um, but, you know, I, I think you go with that, the more proven um, starting rotation, but understanding that especially the first couple times through the rotation, it's going to be really, really valuable to have a guy like Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin and Ross Stripling who can go three innings in relief. Uh, that's going to be a super valuable thing. Uh, there's question about Jimmy Nelson. Obviously, you know, they, that, that was one of the things that was addressed, like you said, in the press conference, Zoom call, whatever it was. Um, you know, I think they're thinking of him as a reliever probably. Uh, you know, and, and Gratterall, I think they're definitely thinking of as a reliever. And I'm so excited to watch him. I, I just think when you look at, at some of this bullpen with with Kenley, who looked pretty good in spring training part one, Joe Kelly, who who throws really hard, Gratterall, who throws really hard, um, you know, and then guys like May and Gonsolin and potentially Jimmy Nelson, Blake Trinan, who was one of the best relief pitchers in baseball just two years ago, Pedro Baez. There is a lot of potential to be a really, really, really good pitching staff. Yeah, and kind of how we touched on yesterday, it's easy for Roberts to kind of go that route with the, the generic, you know, starting five. Uh, because you know May and Gonsolin and Julio, not Julio, you know May and Gonsolin and Stripling are going to end up throwing more innings than expected as well. Because you know the first time through, those guys are only going to throw about three, four innings, depending how they how they fare. So the other guys will come in and probably t- throw two or three innings. And you know at the end of the sixty games, everyone the starting the starting pitchers will probably have you know just as many innings as some of these other guys that are you know going to be long relief or whatever it is. So. Uh, but yeah, like you said, the, 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 the staff is strong from top to bottom and it's kind of similar to how it was last year, which is why it was so frustrating in the, in the playoffs, uh, with what happened, because like you said, the, the Dodgers were set in the later innings, uh, to a certain extent, depending, you know, how much you trust Kenley Jansen at that point, but, uh, with Maeda and, and Joe Kelly for one inning and even Jansen, uh, the Dodgers were seemingly set and it didn't go that way, but, uh, once again, they're going to have power arms in the back of that bullpen. So uh, I'm very fond of power arms, and I believe it'll be very good. Yep. All right, next question is actually a couple questions from Jacob Norling at Jacob Norling. Um, 
He asks who the sleeper for Dodgers MVP is in the shortened season. Also, is there any bigger plot line than wanting Mookie to resign? Maybe JT's final season, Jock and Kike, etc. Yeah, I think the way he laid it out on the last question is pretty right. You know, obviously Justin Turner, we, we're more endeared to him. And it, it might be a bigger storyline for some people. But at the end of the day, Mookie Betts is a MVP caliber player who is still potentially in his prime. You know, primes are, are moving younger and younger, but he still could theoretically be in, in his prime. So that's kind of the big one. Uh, the, the, you know, during the season, the storyline won't really be will he resign or not because he's probably not going to talk about it. But, you know, if he performs well or whatever it is, that it'll get talked about. And then Turner is next on that, just, you know, based on what are they going to do with him. We've had that, those discussions before. And then, you know, other guys like Jock and Kike are a little bit lower below that. In terms of sleeper for MVP, you know, I don't really – I said Muncie the other day. I wouldn't consider him necessarily a sleeper. I mean, he's been one of the best players in the National League the last two years. Uh, but, you know, he's not Bellinger or Betts who do have MVPs in the last couple of years. I had A.J. Pollock performing at, at all-star level, possibly, if he if he does end up playing. So that's, I guess, a sleeper. But, you know, in the short season like this, um, with facing a lot of different pitchers and stuff like that, I think Jack Peterson's another guy to look at. You know, if he can come in and hit 20, 25 home runs in, in a six-game season, you know, if he gets hot at the right time, uh, he's definitely a guy that can, you know, boost offense and, put up those numbers that would have him as the MVP, I guess, of the team. Yeah, it's hard to have a sleeper on a team like the Dodgers. There's just, um, I mean, Gavin Lux is the only starter position player who doesn't have a really good track record in the big leagues, and all Gavin Lux is is last year's minor league player of the year. You know, so it's hard to have a sleeper. Um, You know, I'd probably look to the pitching staff and look at a guy like Blake Trinan who – um, you know, if he can regain that that form from a couple of years ago, could be he, he's kind of now. Obviously, people are excited about him, but he's kind of that that lost uh, transaction. Kind of forget about that one, and and he could be really really good. I don't know about actually MVP MVP of the team level, but you know he could definitely make a big splash. I do think Mookie is the biggest uh, storyline. I hope I'm still crossing my fingers that they will just. Uh, knock that storyline out by announcing a, an extension soon uh, during spring training part two. Just say, you know what? Mookie loves it so much here already. And you Mookie could save face a little bit of not having to go into free agency when free agency is going to suck this coming off season and just say, Oh, I love being a Dodger so much. I wanted to sign for eight years and 250 million or whatever, you know? Um, but uh yeah, that that until he is re-signed, that is going to be the biggest storyline. And if they had decided to have the universal DH next year too, I think that would have answered a lot of questions about Justin Turner, made it easier to just plan on bringing him back either way. Uh, but yeah, that will be interesting. His play will determine a lot of what happens with him for next season. Yep. All right. Um, next question at Kobe Shat Goat Duo, great handle. Uh, in another world where the Dodgers re-signed Rich Hill, knowing he wouldn't be ready till mid-season, do you think he would have been ready now when the season starts next month? Well, our buddy Nash Walker, who is the host of Locked On Twins, as Betsy Helfand reported in mid-May, Rich Hill said he thinks he'll be ready for opening day in July. So 
yeah, if if the Dodgers still had him, he probably would have been ready. Uh, I don't know where they would have fit him in the rotation. Um, But, uh, you know, obviously we love Rich Hill and we're sad to see him go. And I'm happy for him that he ended up not missing any time with this. I'm I'm still a little bit uh, dubious that a guy at his age can – how many times can you bounce back from injury? And so I, I wish nothing but the best for him. I hope he's successful. Um, but I, I'm not super confident in it, I guess. Yeah. I guess they probably wouldn't have signed Alex Wood if they had brought him back. Yeah. So they'd still only have eight starting pitchers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Next one, uh, from J at J B X Y Z one, two, three. Oh, that's fun. Uh, over under on the most home runs on the team is 18, and by who? Uh, over under's got to have a .5, man. So uh, let's go with 17.5 uh, for leading the Dodgers in home runs. Over under, Vince. I'm going to take the over. Um, I guess it's going to depend on if there's juiced baseballs, but I just think with all the uncertainty around the pitching, uh, guys, you know, might not be 100% ready to go like they usually are, uh, and they're going to be in the in the in summer when it's usually hot or hot enough, at least on the West Coast where they'll be playing. So, I think they'll go over that uh, by who? I don't know. I'd go Muncie uh, because I don't think he'll. I think he'll be starting out fine. Um, and if they face a lot of righties, then I'd go with Jock, but I'll go with Muncie. Yeah. Um, I, I think the Dodgers are going to hit plenty of homers. I don't know. I'm just trying to think. So 60 games, that's like two and a half times that as a regular season, roughly. So 18 homers, 36 plus 9, 45 home runs. Yeah, so that, I mean, it's not a ridiculous pace. Uh, Bellinger was the only one who, who got there last year. Um, 45 home runs is a lot, but you also see guys start off hot and, and, you know, a lot of times those final numbers are depressed by getting tired later in the summer. And so, yeah, I guess I'll take the over. Um, I, I think Bellinger is the right answer until he proves that he's not. Um, you know, obviously Jock could do it. Muncie could do it. Mookie could do it. Uh, even a guy like Will Smith could do it. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Cody Bellinger, 21 home runs this season. All right. Um, one question that we did get the other day before we put out a call might fit you better. I don't know. We'll see. From L.A. Bum at L.A. Bum. Have we ever talked about John Ramsey, the original PA announcer at Dodgers Stadium? You know, we haven't talked. Yeah, we haven't talked much about him. Um, and, and it's kind of. So he was the Dodgers PA announcer until, uh, so he died in 1990. And so I think he was it until late in his life. Um, yeah, he died in January of 1990 of a heart attack. So I imagine he was probably still the Dodgers announcer up until the time he died. Uh, but that, you know, I was, so I was 12 years old when he died. Uh, so I'm sure I heard him plenty as a kid, but I didn't go to a ton of games when I was a kid. We lived 75 miles from the stadium. We were dirt poor. And so I got to one or two games a year. And so I, I'm sure 
like I would remember his voice if I heard it. But uh, honestly, the main thing that I know about John Ramsey is that his grandson is John Lamb, who pitches in the big leagues now and uh, is one ugly mofo. Um, but that that's, yeah, unfortunately, I don't know a ton about John Ramsey. I, I kind of wish I, do, I did know more, uh, but, but I don't. Yeah, and obviously if he died in 1990, I was not alive to hear him anyway, so. Yeah, and I vaguely remember his voice being similar to Todd Lights, the current PA announcer. I think it was, yeah, I, I know a lot of those PA announcers have similar voices, um, but I can kind of, I think I can picture John Ramsey's voice in my head, you know, with Nancy Heffley playing the organ in the background and stuff, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know much about him. All right, last question, I think. From DJ Whitehead at Champs or Bust, what's your 60-game record prediction? I saw, I don't know where it was, I saw that the, the 37 wins, uh, the Dodgers were like the, I don't know if it was projections or betting, I don't know. The Dodgers were the highest with 37 wins. Uh, I'm going to take it above that. I'd say 42 and 18 would be my prediction. Huh. Yeah, uh, I was thinking 58 and 2. Uh, no, I, I, I think, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if they got to 42 and 18, but if I'm going prediction, I'd be more in the 38 to 39 wins range. Um, you know, plenty, I think they're going to win the division easily. Uh, I did see, according to Fangraph's playoff odds, did you see, I think it was Ben Caspic, the host of Locked on Giants, who tweeted it out. Uh, you can tell because, remember, Giants fans, the one thing Giants fans and Dodgers ha- fans have in common is our favorite team to talk about is the Dodgers. Um, but he tweeted out that the the Giants had the biggest leap in playoff uh, odds b- based on a 60-game schedule compared to a, a full season. I think it was the Giants that did. But the Dodgers had the biggest drop in playoff odds. Like, they're down to, like, they're only, like, 58% or something to win the division. And obviously that's because there's so much more unpredictability and unexpected things can happen in a short season. You know, if, you know, if you get hurt and you're out for three weeks in a 60 game season, that's a third of the season. And so, uh, I I still think they just have so much depth and I think they have guys on their 40 man roster who would be starters for other teams. Um, you know, if Cody Bellinger gets hurt and they have to say, okay, I guess we'll play Jock Peterson more, you know, our 47 homer, homer guy got hurt. We'll play our 36 homer guy instead. Um, you know, that Dodgers have plenty of depth, so it's hard to see them not winning the division, but, uh, anything's possible. And, uh, but yeah, I think they're going to do it easily and obviously win the world series. Yeah. Yeah. We already talked about that. So yeah, that'll, uh, I guess do it for today's episode. Yeah. That's it for this week. Thank you all for your questions. Thanks for your input. Uh, please subscribe to locked on Dodgers, wherever you get your podcasts, If you have Apple Podcasts, even if you don't use it, please subscribe there to help other people find us. If you have lots of nice things to say about us, go ahead and go go on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review and say nice things about us. If you have mean things to say about us, direct those to Vince on Twitter at Vince Semperio. Uh, Nice things can also be directed to me at Snydog. Uh, We're on Twitter and Instagram at LockedOnDodgers. DMs are open on all of those accounts. Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail or shoot us a text at 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning. We hope you'll be here with us. 
When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you on Monday. Have a good one. I say D. I say D-O. D-O-D-G-E-R-S. The team that's all hard. All hard and all thumbs. They're my Los Angeles. Your Los Angeles. Our Los Angeles. Do you think we'll really win the pennant? Bye.